Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com. Or the U.S. president. <laughs> uh, we are live. Sounds Hello, good. everybody. Hello, Mark. Hello, hello. Hello, Mark. How is everyone this morning? Excellent. Always good. That was a wake, <laughs> up, wake up chime right there. Is that what that was? <laughs> yeah. Very good. So, uh, Yark, are you uh, you going to start this one or am I here? We're, we're sitting here. <laughs> we are sitting ducks. <laughs> Oh, we got some great people joining in already this morning. That's wonderful. Good. So thank you very much for participating, guys. I do really appreciate Mark showing up and your willingness to, to, to share your knowledge. As always, I we've been having a lot of a lot of interaction and quite a lot of people know of you. Uh, you have helped me on many, many ways possible, right? I am not the guy who is following, you know, uh, guidance of the mentors, kind of Polish, Polish ways, you know, stubbornness and persistence, etc. However, by uh, watching and interacting with you, I have learned quite a lot of very, very positive uh, things, uh, tasks, which helps me to become much more successful. Right, marking down on a regular basis uh, the notes, what has to be done, primarily at the beginning of the day. Right. Waking up, still trying, waking up, you know, as soon as possible, five, six o'clock. It's challenging, but, you know, I'm getting there, right? So, uh, so simply saying is, why won't you introduce yourself, who you are, and why you believe that you can offer so much help to all the participants uh, of that workshop today? I would really, really appreciate because I am excited to have you on the board, to be honest. Right, Jason? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, wonderful to see you again, Mark. I've uh, had uh, had the pleasure of uh, sitting in on one of your speeches before and uh, absolutely incredible content. So I hope everybody here has got their ears open and ready to go because this is going to be a very, very impressive uh, content that Mark's about to spew at you. Well, how about, how about then I, I do a really short intro so we can get into the content, all right? So um, I, I got into real estate investing when I was about 19 years old, um, didn't know what I was doing. I, I got a little bit of lucky luck there, and that was, a, that was a great thing at that time. Now I know much more. Uh, I've lived in a few countries. My background psychology, got out of that in order to get into personal development. And I think that um, really when people think about personal development, th th there are certain connotations to that, right? I mean... Some people go like life coach, like everyone and their dog is a life coach. And you know what? That, that's actually true. Everyone and their dog is a life coach. So why why is coaching valuable? What I I would say it's it's like everything else. Um, and you know what? There's 
I think there are a lot of terrible life coaches out there, just as like I think there are a lot of terrible mechanics, a lot of terrible real estate investors, a lot of terrible whatever. And in every population, in any group or, or, or industry, most of the people don't know what they're doing. Um, they're, they're excited about getting a job or they're just excited about the money in the job. Um, there, are, there are very few people who are extremely passionate and who push the realm of, of what they're doing. So what, what I would encourage people to do is, hey, listen, um, why coaching or why, why would somebody think about personal development? It, it's like a mechanic. You go to a mechanic to diagnose problems and, and make sure that your car is in tip top shape. And you know what? The, the better the car, the, the, the better uh, quality car you have, the more you're going to be taking it in to make sure it's running properly. And, and my mindset is the same. If you talk to successful people, they've all got mentors in some way, shape or form. It doesn't necessarily have to be one way or another way, but everyone who's extreme, and I'm talking extremely successful, every single person who I've talked to who is extremely successful points to a person, points to people that they know that have mentored them, that have coached them along, uh, that, that, have, that have helped them in their journey. So that they're able to, to run far more efficiently, like, like again, a high-end vehicle. Um, and then you need people in your life that'll, that'll just tweak things every once in a while. So people know there's so much more to life uh, that they can be enjoying in a fulfilled way. And I, I help people realize their purpose and their potential. Those are really the two things that I, I believe I help people do the most, reach purpose and reach potential. And they're, they're intimately tied. Very good, very good. So. Uh, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, we briefly talked about your background there. You know, you starting when you're around 19. What was your background before that? And why did you move into coaching um, from the field of psychology? You know, what what pushed you to the direction that you're into now? Yeah, so that's an interesting question. I'm going to try to keep this succinct because I can go off on this. I get excited. <laughs> go for it. But um, in, in the past, I've always wanted to help people. My earliest memory is I wanted to be like a doctor or a veterinarian or something. I've always liked helping people um, or, or helping, I guess, animals in the case of uh, veterinarian. But what, what I've what I've discovered about myself early on when I was about 17, 18, 19 years old is that my passion is to help people. My passion is to is to see other people do extremely well in life. And I, I, I made the connection between me doing well and other people doing well. So I, I lived in Sweden for a couple of years, lived in China for a decade. Um, and my, my mindset was always like, how can I help people? How can I help people in, in a unique way, different than everyone else is helping? So instead of being a, a Canadian coming in and helping in a Canadian way, my mindset was, how, how do I help people in a way that will fit their needs best? I was constantly asking myself this question. Um, when I came back to North America, when I came back to Canada, I realized, wait a second, we are helping people. We're saying we're helping people, but really, we don't give a lot of people help around us. Uh, we people people tend to um, I don't know give a couple of bucks to a homeless person or or do these small things for other people, fix crises in their lives, and that's not what I'm about. That that's like giving a person a fish. What I'm about is giving giving person a skill set where they can fish and learn how to fish on their own. And when, when somebody understands those skills for themselves, when somebody understands what they can do themselves and is empowered in themselves, uh, they can do anything. I, I just reread the story. Um, if, if, has anyone watched, do you guys watched 127 hours? Aaron Rolston, the story of Aaron Rolston? Okay, so movie a little while back, based on a true story where this, this guy got trapped. He, he didn't tell anyone where he was going. He was climbing uh, and doing all these crazy things in, in somewhere in the States. Um, and a boulder fell onto his arm. And he was trapped for five days and seven hours with his arm trapped by a boulder. What he ended up doing was he ended up cutting through his own arm 
with a dull multi-tool. It wasn't even sharp, okay? Um, but I mean, for him, it was life or death. Uh, so so he, he chose life, he chose to get rid of his arm and he, he chose freedom through that. Well, I, I find that story fascinating because again, we are capable of so much. And when, if you, if you read Aaron's story, you realize he says, I like, I love that I lost my arm because I realize I'm capable of so much more. We think we've got these little fears and we've got these little things that we're worried about and we whine about our own lives. And, and when we realize that we can actually do a way, 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 way more than we ever thought was possible. Well, that gives us a lot of empowerment. And then we're able to dream bigger. When we dream bigger, it helps us and it helps other people around us. So, I mean, in some ways it's about making the world a better place. So yeah, so I got into psychology. I thought, listen, this is the, this is going to be the way where I can really help people and where I can uh, really make a difference in people's lives. Worked in mental health and, and addictions. And, and I, I did help people, but there, there was frustration there because with mental health and addictions, a lot of the, the system gets in the way of people's help, uh, I believed. And so I was just tired of it. I was working for Alberta Health Services and I, I realized, you know what? I'm, I'm tired of, of helping my colleagues more than helping my clients. I decided I'm gonna go out on my own and do things my way. Uh, now I can help people however I want. And if I wanna do something that's outside of the box, no one's gonna have a problem with that. And that, that's why I got into coaching specifically as I went, I can still use my skill sets, uh, but I can, I can help people the way I desire to help them. Did, did that answer the question? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It did. So why would anyone want to work with a person like yourself, personal development guy? Can you elaborate more? Because I think that is very, very powerful, especially experience in real estate. We are talking about real estate investors here, right? Yeah. So to, to me, the, the big question here is what do you want out of life? If you have small dreams, if you want to buy one investment property and live in one suite and rent the other suite out and that's your life, great. You don't need a lot of help with that, okay? Um, people don't need a lot of help. What, what a coach, what, what personal development is for is realizing so much more in life. So again, almost every successful person on this planet has has hired people in their lives to coach them. Not everyone. There are, there are a few uh, weird examples where people are just... A little bit different on their own but almost every successful person you talk to has had uh mentors just for that reason i would say <laughs> have a mentor in your life have a coach in your life uh but the, the reason you do that is because you only know what you know a lot of people ask me well well how mark you're saying these things um how am i going to reach my goals you're setting these huge goals how am i going to reach them i go forget about the how right now what you need to do is focus on the goal because how you do it, if you use your mind that has gotten to you where you where you are, if you use the same hows to get you where you are, to get somewhere else, you won't get somewhere else. You'll, you'll come back full circle and get to where you're at again. If you use the same skills to communicate with people, you're gonna have the same relationships. If you use the same skills for, for uh, closing down deals and, and finding money partners, joint venture partnerships or whatever that is, well, guess what? Those skills have only developed a certain way and if you don't develop them more, you'll keep getting the same results. So what, what a coach does, what a mentor does, is they, they push you outside of, of um, patterns that you have. They identify them, they help you push you outside of your, your zone there of comfort or, or your familiar zone, and you're, you're able to see things in a different way. So what you know will only get you where you are. What a coach does is goes, wait a second, you need to, you need to know more. You need to, to figure out uh, changes, changes in patterns. You need to, to, to change something. And you, you look at really successful people. Again, so um, 
think about the professional sports. So Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, Kobe Bryant, um, I don't know, Tom Brady. If you, if you look at people who are really successful for a long time, they've got a long career, they're typically people that, that are able to consistently change. And you ask them, what do you do uh, when you hit 30, 35, 40? When they go, well, I, I change how I do things. Um, people who are successful are always growing. Now, help from the outside allows you to do two basic things. So if you don't want these two things, don't get a coach. Honestly, don't get a coach. But if you want these two things, this is why uh, at least I hire coaches. I still hire coaches all the time in different ways. So number one, a coach helps you grow in ways that will help you get what you don't have. So more success, more money, more fulfillment, better relationships, whatever it is that you want, more properties under contract, moving into a new area of, of real estate investing, whatever you want, the coach is going to help you grow in those ways because they should know something about that. All right. If they don't know something about that, don't hire them. Okay. Um, that, that's crazy. Um, but secondly, and this is more important, they help you get there faster. Now, listen, I'm sure I would have gotten to where I am right now. If, if I didn't have certain coaches in my life, it just would have taken me a lot longer. <laughs> so the, to me, the number one reason why somebody hires a coach is it just gets you that there that faster. Now, Listen, if you want to cash flow from properties, $100,000, $200,000 a year, and if you could speed that process up by two or three years or five years or 10 years or 15 years, well, all of a sudden, a few thousand dollars for coaching, or I mean, tens of thousands of dollars for coaching doesn't matter because what you're doing is speeding up the whole process. You're going to make way more money. And I'll share a personal example with this. When I hired my first coach, it cost me $13,000. I didn't have the money for it. Um, and my wife and I were like, what are we going to do? Um, I, we need this and we realize we need this, but we don't know how to make it happen. Well, we just made the decision. We, we did it. And you know what? Money came together. But that first $13,000 that I've invested, that has come back to me. Tens, if not probably $250,000 has just come back to me from that one relationship. That one relationship. Why? Well, he taught me a whole crazy amount of things uh, about real estate investing. But then after that, I've, I've realized that his network helped me. I was, I was involved in a group of people that I didn't know before and that that changed my life as well. So yeah, basic two ways is you grow in ways that will help you get more of whatever you want. And the second thing is you'll get there faster. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. no, that, uh, that was great content. Loved it. And you've still been working with him on a regular basis, right? So here, so I'll finish the story. He's now my business partner. We're starting all these other businesses together. We've got, he's, he's my best friend on the planet. Um, well, and what, what started that? It started with me making a decision of, can I afford to do it? No, but I also can't afford not to do it. So I basically just decided I'm going to make it happen. And that's another thing that you'll find with successful people is they make it happen. It doesn't matter what the obstacle is. They just make a decision and go forward with it. Hmm. Very true. Very true. So, Mark, you've had a lot of clients, uh, you know, that you've worked with, obviously, over the years. Mm -hmm. um, what would be some of the main problems or top problems that you would see from these, you know, these clients that you've worked with? And how did you help? them? Uh, yeah, so I would say that there are probably three basic problems that almost every one of my clients has. All right. Number one. They're not really in touch with why they're doing things, their purpose. So what, what is the thing that, that, that motivates them? 
What is the thing that's going to help them get past hurdles um, when, when other things come up, like when a family member disagrees with them or when uh, somebody, when, when a deal goes wrong or, or there's some frustration, what's going to help them get past that? What's going to get them up in the morning with, with a smile on their face uh, at, at five o'clock, like Eric said, rather than uh, frustration and kind of uh, being scared of what's going to happen in the day? That, that is probably the number one thing, is helping people understand their why. Uh, how do I help people with that? Well, this is a process. I mean, I've, I've got a guy who, who who's earned a few million dollars this year. When I when I met him, he was almost broke. Um, he's 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 got a few million dollars coming his way now. And th the big change that's come for that individual is he just got connected with with why he's doing what he's doing. When when he got connected with his motivation, everything opened up with him. So over. I don't think that this is a really short process. I think if you want to do a good job, you really need to, to get down to what makes a difference. Now, within a few minutes, I can get people to where they're going, oh, wait a second. Yeah, this motivates me in a deeper way. But you can do that at any event. Any weekend event will give you that. Go to a Tony Robbins event. Go to go to Bob Proct. Go to whoever you want. And they're, they're going to help you get motivated for that event. The key, and this is what's really difficult, is... How do you maintain that momentum? How do you maintain that motivation? Instead of just being excited for a week or two, how do you get excited for the next five, 10, 15 years of your life and take a completely different action on a consistent basis? Really, that, that's what I help people with. So um, how, do, how do we set that emotional motivation for you so that it comes up every day consistently so that you can, you can move in a place where you can take action, you can blow past hurdles consistently. Huh? Things don't get in your way anymore. Uh, so that's probably number one. The number two uh, major problem, I guess, that people people have when I, when I first meet them is just taking action. People are procrastinators, and and listen, I'm not in, I'm I'm not any different. When I was, the reason I first got into psychology and coaching specifically was because I went, I'm procrastinating on things. I want to help people. I want to do these things. I want to build business, but I don't know. I don't know why I'm not taking action on it. I was procrastinating. And once I started to understand that procrastination is an emotional problem, it's that the, the weight of something that I don't want to do is heavier, it plays a larger role, than the weight of the thing that I do want to do. So I want more money, but if, or if I want better relationship or whatever it is, but if, if I want to buy five more properties, that has to be heavier, that has to be weightier, that has to, to, to motivate me more than sitting on my couch I don't know, watching TV all, all weekend, okay? Now, as soon as that takes place, and again, th this is not a quick fix. Uh, people people think that we, we live in a fast world, so people are like, well, come on, give me something that I can do right now, and it'll change my life in 30 seconds or less. Well, listen, nothing changes your life in 30 seconds or less. It, it's always a progression. There, even, there might be a moment where you go, this is going to change my life, but you've been getting ready for that moment for a period of time. It's it's never thirty seconds or less, and yet we we have this idea that well you just yeah yeah you twiddle your thumbs a little bit, you buy one program, and you're off to the races. You're going to be a billionaire in, in three weeks. That's not the way it works. You've you've got to work at this. So part of that is taking action. Part of taking action is learning how to make decisions. And I touched on this a, a couple minutes ago, but you need to everyone needs to get into the habit where you make a decision. What a decision is is a promise that you make to yourself that you keep. A decision isn't, I want something. A decision isn't, I desire this to be in my life. What a decision is, is I make a commitment that I'm going to do this. And it doesn't matter what gets in my way. I'm going to do it. So one, one thing maybe I, I share with clients every once in a while is 
Think about what would motivate you in a different way. Say you don't have any money right now. You say, I don't have any money to, to invest in myself. That's fine. Would you have $20,000 or $50,000 or $100,000 by tomorrow if your kid was going to die? Well, most people go, oh, absolutely. What changed? What changed? Your situation is the same in that you don't have the money right now. What changed? The change is, is how motivated you are to take action. It's making a decision. I'm going to save my child. Well, listen, if you can get that kind of motivation that, that starts to um, give, you, give you an ability to take action on a daily basis, then you don't have to take massive action anymore. You just have to take consistent action on a daily basis and you will be ahead of everyone else around you. The third problem that, that I see with, with most of my clients is fear. I'm just scared. I'm scared of success. I'm scared of failure. I'm scared of, of um, what my family's going to think. I'm, I'm scared of, of having money and what that will do to me. I'm scared of making phone calls and being rejected. I'm scared of making phone calls and not knowing what I'm going to say. Um, it, it's, it's fear, fear of public speaking. There's so much fear that, that we struggle with. And fears are, are borrowed from other people. We don't have a lot of fear when we're, when we're first born. We, we've got basically a fear of, of falling. Um, and we've got a fear of when something comes into our face really quickly. But really, we don't have a lot of fears when we're first born. We learn fears. When we have uh, a family member that's scared of spiders, then we learn to be scared of spiders. There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, if you're in Canada, there are very few spiders that can do anything to you, right? Um, or, or snakes. We don't have a lot of pests that are, that, are, that are crazy dangerous. And yet people are scared of a lot of things. Why? Because we borrow them from other people. So what we need to do now and this is what I help people with, is, is we need to come to a place where we start associating that activity that is associated with fear right now, we need to associate it with something else, like excitement. And there are lots of people who do this. I, I've done this for myself, where over a period of time, instead of, instead of seeing something, being afraid and moving back, kind of hiding away from that, what I've started to do is learn that when I have something that's scary, I realize this is an opportunity to learn something. And as soon as I made that 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 um, transition in my head where I understood it's scary because I'm going to learn something. And on the other side of, of learning, on the other side of fear is growth and everything I want in life. Everything you want in life is on the other side of fear. As soon as you understand that well, then all of a sudden you start taking action. And again, I, I guess all three points really out of, out of the problems that I shared, all three points come back to taking action. That's what that's what my clients struggle with the most. And as soon as they understand that they can take action and that it can be fun and exciting and enjoyable uh, and there's so much growth possible, when people build momentum and they start having success, it's addictive. You buy a few properties when, when before you thought the most you could buy is one and you buy your first 20 uh, 20 uh, unit building or your first 40 unit building. Well, that's addictive. You go, wait a second. This was way easier than I thought. And I just I just tripled my portfolio or. or or did whatever to my portfolio. Listen, you can do that. Um, but it's, it's all about you learning how to engage your brain in new ways with, with what you're doing on a daily basis. Very good. Whoa. <laughs> sorry, sorry, there's so much information here, right? I have a hard time in, in a short space giving so much. <laughs> Mark, like I, I was just, you know, getting your information to myself and, you know, like I was like, is it that's it? Continue, continue. <laughs> that's it. Okay. So if someone is stuck, okay, there's many people which are stuck and they are in their, you know, bubble or whatever that you define. 
How you, what do you suggest? Yeah, so really the reason people get stuck is that they don't know how to take a step forward. So yeah, there's probably fear there, there's other things going on, but really what it comes down to is I don't know what I need to do next. And even if I do know what I should be doing, I don't have it in me to take that next step. So really what, if you're stuck, this is what you need to do. The first thing you need to do is become more self-aware. Now again, I'm not, I'm not a car guy, okay? So I don't know a lot about cars. I don't know what's, if, if I open the hood, I don't know the difference between a lot of things in there, okay? So for me, if I don't know how to fix something in my own vehicle, what do I do? I go to someone who's a mechanic. I go to someone who does know what they're doing. So in the same way, if you don't know much about your, yourself and what's getting you stuck, go to somebody and ask for help and they can help you become more self-aware, all right? And I'll, I'll give you kind of a the kind of person that you need to go to, but you need to become more self-aware. As you start to understand why you're stuck, uh, what's getting in your way, and how you, you, you have far more in you uh, to get you to the next step than what you're giving yourself credit for, I, I tell people, get to know yourself. We're scared to get to know ourselves because we think if we get to know ourselves, there's some like dragon living in us or a demon living in us and we're, we're gonna be uh, we're found as awful people. That's not true. When you get to know yourself, you actually discover how incredible you are. And once you realize, wait a second, I can do so much more. Think about that guy that cut off his own arm, okay? He realized I'm capable of far more than anyone. Anyone has believed me capable of or that I've believed myself capable of. Well, he's gone on to public speak. He's gone on to mentor people. He's gone on to coach people and, and become a real huge influence in other people's lives. Not only that, he's gone on to climb way more mountains than he did before. When you start to understand what you're capable of, Become more self-aware, Become understand what you're, what is getting you stuck, but also understand how capable you are, then all of a sudden, big hurdles before seem small. Big hurdles before seem small. Have you ever been into a building where maybe you were, you were there as a kid? Maybe it's a barn or, or a big church or something like that, uh, a big museum. And you go when you're an adult and you go, I remember this being so much bigger. <laughs> I, I thought this was so much bigger. It's actually quite small. It's because your perspective has changed. You've grown. And, and when, when a person grows, all of a sudden they realize, oh, I thought, that, I thought that problem was so big. It's actually quite small. And then they just move through it. So many people think they know themselves. Many people think they know themselves. But if, they, if you really knew yourself, and I, this is, I can encourage anyone watching this, if you really knew yourself, why are you still stuck? You need to get to know yourself. So this is what I'm going to recommend. Find someone in your life. Now, again, you can, if, you've got, if you've got a great uncle who's knows everything about real estate investing and is done a bunch of personal development and is willing to coach you for free. Great. Do it. Okay. I just find that most people don't have an uncle like that or an aunt like that. So what, what I recommend is find someone who meets three criteria. Okay. Number one, if you're looking for a mentor or a coach, you need to find someone who knows more than more than you about what you want to do. So if you want to grow in, in personal development, if you want to grow your real estate portfolio, if you want to make more money, if you want to build a business, whatever that is, number one you need to do is find someone that knows more about that than you do. Number two, you need to find someone who feels safe. There needs to be a connection there. There might be like, okay, so I don't know. Let, let's say I, I want a mentor that, that has made more than $10 billion. So I look at my list and I go, well, the only two people that I know right now are Warren Buffett and, and, uh, and 
Bill Gates. Well, if those are the only two people I know, and I go to one of them, and I, I just don't like them very much, for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't say that they're good or bad people. If I just don't connect with one of them, don't go to that person. <laughs> go to a person that you connect with, okay? So find someone who you feel safe with. Find someone who you can who you can trust, uh, where, where you can share more of who you are. Because when you feel safe, you're going to share more, you're going to explore more of yourself, and you're going to get better results. Number three, is you also have to find someone who's not a pushover. Don't find someone who's just like, oh yeah, that must suck. And that's all they say to you, okay? Uh, we, we've all got, we have friends in junior high that did this. The, the friends in junior high are not gonna be one the ones that help you reach your goals in life, okay? So you need to find someone who's gonna challenge you enough not to simply roll over. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna repeat those, okay? Number one, find someone who knows you more about whatever you're doing than you do. Secondly, they're safe enough for you to be yourself with. You connect with them. You can, you, can, you can share some of yourself with them quite quickly, and you'll know this quite quickly. And then thirdly, find someone who challenges you, someone who, who will call you out. And because they're safe, you'll actually listen to them. And this is why both of those are, are so important. Um, now, the, the other thing you need to do um, if you're stuck is you need to focus on one thing at a time focus on one thing at a time. Often the reason people get stuck, and this comes to procrastination again, is that we start to focus on a thousand things. And our mind, st mind starts going crazy, right? We're like, oh, if I don't get this done, then I'm not going to meet the deadline. And then I'm not going to have properties. And then I'm going to I'm gonna have bigger debt. And then I'm going to go broke. And I'm going to live on the street. And I'm probably going to die by next week. Our minds go crazy, right? Um, what you need to do is just focus on the next thing. Forget about all that fantasizing about how you're going to die next week and just focus on the next thing in front of you. Don't focus on the 30 things in front of you. Write down maybe the, and this is a, this is a key. This, I give them this to my clients all the time. Someone will call me and say, Mark, I, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm, I'm a mess. I've got anxiety. This is what I get them to do. I'm going to tell you the exact same thing. Write down five things that you need to get done. The five most important things, the things that will make the biggest difference for you. Write them down. Tasks. Not like I need to get out of debt, okay? But tasks. So uh, put it in an offer on a place, call five people for, as potential joint venture partners, uh, clean my office space uh, or whatever, okay? Five things. Then in those five, you list them in order of importance, not urgency, importance. What is the most important thing? And then what you do is you take number one and you just start it. That's all you do. And this is something else that I tell people, just work for it, just work at it for 25 minutes just 25 minutes. So I tell them, listen, take that first thing, work on it for 25 minutes, give me a call in 25 minutes to let me know how it's going. This is what generally happens with my clients. They won't call me back. <laughs> so I'll call them back in like an hour or so and say, hey, how's it going? And they're like, oh, I've got way more done than I thought it was gonna get done. I, I started getting on a roll and I didn't wanna interrupt myself. And you know what, just starting to take that action, just focusing on one thing at a time, and getting started in, 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 in focusing on that one action, you will automatically create momentum in your own life. Just get started. We get bogged down and distracted too much. Successful people are focused. And you find people that get a lot of stuff done, they are focused. They're extremely focused individuals. Um, I'm sure, I mean, Jason, Eric, you've, you've seen that in yourselves, right? I mean, look at the most successful people. Are they focused? Oh, yeah. Absolutely, all the time. So focused that sometimes it's frustrating to communicate with them, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, even me, I'm sitting here right in front of my, my day planner and it's got, you know, my goals, my targets, successes for the days, everything that's sitting right in front of me. So I, I understand exactly what you're going at. Just I need, I need to get to that next level where you're talking those extremely successful people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm growing in this all the time. Right. And as we're, we're all going to grow in this and then that's, that's where you, you start to hit your goals. Absolutely. Um, so just a little bit earlier when you're speaking, you're talking about fears, mm -hmm. um, you know, and you're you also mentioned spouses in there, um, you know, throwing those two together as a, as a combination, you know, like, so what if people um, that are getting into the real estate, I, I've actually met some people like this where, you know, they get into, or the one of the spouses want to get into real estate investing, but the other spouses, it has a fear of what they're about to get into. Um, and it's kind of holding them back, you know, thinking that it's either too risky or, you know, that they're going to lose all their money. Something that's, you know, that's holding them back, a fear-based thing. Mm -hmm. Can you can you push a little bit on, you know, what somebody can do to overcome that, that spouse that's pulling them backwards? Yeah. So maybe I'll start off by saying people need to stop seeing their spouse or their partners as an obstacle or an enemy. And you need to start seeing them as a resource. Because when you work together, now listen, there are a few people that I've met legitimate cases where their their spouse or their partner is is legitimately a, a problem okay so a, abusive situations things like that yeah that that that, that partner is not a, going to be helping you with anything that you're going to be doing towards success okay and then there's other drastic actions you need to take having said that most people almost everyone that i know see their spouse as kind of like this enemy, like they're against me. And that's not the case. So I'm actually going to share with you what happened with me. So the, the three biggest objections that I hear from people uh, where they go like, oh, no, I can't because of this. The, the, the because is usually money, time, or problem with my partner. Okay, so I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time or my partner is is a problem. They're getting in my way. <laughs> Now, listen, when I when I came back from China, uh, I've got two young kids at home and I'm getting into real estate again and I want to really build my portfolio quickly. What I, I was I was I was working on a master's degree in psychology. I was working full time, two jobs. OK, so working two jobs, going full time student in a, in a master's degree program. I had two young kids at home and, and a wife that I'm helping out with and, and, and a bunch of different ways at home. I did not have a lot of time. OK. I still had 24 hours. Everyone has 24 hours, but I, I had that 24 hours pretty filled most days. Um, often I didn't even sleep at home. I was I was off working or doing something else. Okay, so most people that say they don't have time, I've had less time than the average North American uh, for for a lot of at least for that period of my life. Money is the other um, objection that I hear from people. So uh, we don't have enough money, or I don't have enough money. Listen, there is enough money in this world to do whatever you want. <laughs> you just need to tap into it. So even if you don't have money, you can find a way to get money. Again, think about your think about a kid in your life. Um, if if your if your kid was dying or if somebody really close to you was dying, would would you do whatever it took to get twenty, thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand dollars? Well, sure, you'd you'd be far more motivated. So, time and money. The problems with time and money are not time and money. The problems with time and money is your motivation. Now, this is in the same reason or the same level with your partner. Um, Partner is the third big objection. And this is this is what happened with me. So I'm, I'm again, working full-time, a couple of jobs. I'm going to school full-time. I've got this young family. And I came across this individual, Ken Beaton, who, who I thought, I've got, I've got to connect with this guy. If I don't connect with this guy, we're not, we're going to be sitting here for the next five years. And we're not going to be ahead at all. It was $13,000 for his coaching program. 
And, and I talked to my wife, Teresa, and I was like, we don't have this money. I said, we can't afford to do this. I said, but we can't afford not to do it. And so Teresa basically said, Mark, she didn't say, you're, are you smoking crack? But she, basically she looked at me like, like, there's no way this can work. And this is what I asked. And this is straight from Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Robert Kiyosaki. This is straight from, from people who teach mindset is, is I asked Teresa, how can we make it happen? What can we do that will allow this to happen? And you know what? As soon as I asked that question and, and I, I noticed my language, I said, what can we do? Not what I can do. Why are you getting in my way? You need to change. It was none of that kind of talk. It was, what are our goals? We want to be financially free. We want to have these things happen in our lives. And, and how are we going to get there? Well, real estate makes sense. So what are we going to do about it? And we just asked that question over and over and over again. And I found that instead of, of, of getting in the way, instead of fighting with my partner, what I did was I kept asking, listen, what are our goals? What do we want to achieve together? And, and how, how are we going to do that? And the more I asked that, the more she started to understand. Now, she, she ended up setting up some criteria. Well, Mark, if you're willing to do this and this and this on top of your busy schedule, then yeah, I'm, I'm willing to give it a try. So we gave it a try. Well, what quickly started to happen over the next two to three years, my, my wife started to go, wait a second, this, this personal development stuff, this, this coaching thing, the real estate stuff, this makes more sense to me. And she started to see my success. And then as I had more success, she went, wait a second, like I want this for myself. So what started to happen and what, where she's at right now is she now spends a bunch of money on her own coaching and development, which I'm so excited about. And the problem was that she didn't see her own value. When somebody, and this is a really important point, when somebody is getting in your way, when they're, when they're blowing up and they're frustrated and they're, they're, they have the strong reaction to something you say, like, I want more money or I want to build a portfolio or something like that, or I want to hire a coach or whatever it is. What's really happening is it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own fears. And if you are willing to listen to the, listen, this is the same as negotiating with a joint venture partner. This is the same as negotiating with, with a, a potential um, motivated seller. Listen to their side of the story. Ask them good questions. Say, what, like, what's going on for you? What are you scared of? What's, 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 what's the problem for you? What's the biggest problem? And as you get to that, you realize it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with their own fears. And you go, okay, so if we did this, if we took care of the fear in this way, then would you be okay with it? And what you'll find out more often than not is your partner, or husband, wife, whoever it is, will start to go, you know what? Yeah, if, if these criteria are met, I'm okay with it. And as soon as you get to that point, then you're able to start moving forward. Now, when you move forward, now you've got to, now you've got to move forward, okay? Make, make things happen. Because then as you make things happen, now they're on your side completely. Uh, my, my wife supports me in absolutely every single way now. And not that she didn't before, okay? She was never my enemy, but she just didn't believe in herself and she didn't believe that it was possible. I, I was able to, to work with her so that we both see things are, are possible. And as you work together, as you look at your goals, as you dream together, as you focus on things together and you ask, how can we do this? You'll, you'll be able to handle that, that, that situation. Did, did that answer your question, Jason? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely did. Okay. Great. That was perfect. So what else do you got for me guys? Yeah, let's, uh, we got one question here that's coming from Michael Swanson. Okay. And, uh, it's kind of a, a statement of his current position and then a question behind it. So it says, I find myself substituting games for real life tasks because games visually show my progress. 
How can I better visualize real life tasks so that I don't lose track of my goals? Yeah. So I'm not going to disagree with what you're saying. Um, having said that, it's not just about moving forward and, and, and seeing improvements. Games, TV, uh, sporting events, uh, a lot of books, people reading novels, a lot of those things are also an escape. Okay. So I would suggest that it's, it's probably both. Yes, you can see you can see the development and you get excited about seeing that development, but also it's it's a bit of an escape. And listen, it's this is the pot in the kettle, okay? I I'm, I'm not blaming somebody else. I've I've had the same difficulty in the past. Is is I used to spend a lot of time on games and it was because I could just lose myself for a few minutes. I had a lot of anxiety in other ways and I was just able to focus on one thing and lose myself in that. So what I would suggest is start start with one action. Again, just kind of what I said before. For 25 minutes, I want you to write down the five things that, that are important for you to get done. And I wouldn't say the biggest things, okay? Not like close this deal, because that could take a long time. What I'm talking about is, is maybe focus on like cleaning my office, just getting the clutter out of my house, um, follow, following up on two or three leads, whatever that is, smaller tasks. Tasks that can be done in 25 minutes. And then start in on the first one and just say, okay, the rest of the day I could play games. What I'm gonna do for right now is just focus for 25 minutes and see what gets done. What you will find is that you start to build momentum. And when you build momentum, that same thing that you're finding from the games, you're gonna see in your own life where you start to see, hey, wait a second, I, I tackled this and it turned out all right. I'm seeing progress. Wait a second, I, my desk is uncluttered and now I'm, I'm able to focus on things. And when I come into my office, it, it's not, an overwhelming feeling of anxiety or frustration or all these things going off in my head of what I should do, I've got clarity. And so I can focus on the next task. And that's exactly what I would say is write down those five things, start on the first one, work on it for 25 minutes, and then give yourself a five minute break built in there. Psychologically helps us because we know the break is coming and then try, try the next one. Okay. Or maybe the one day one, you do one task day two, you do two tasks, just build momentum. It's all about starting somewhere and building some momentum. Very good. Very good. So, uh, before you mark uh, mentioned about the crazy cycle, how mm -hmm. we can break it out from that cycle? Any suggestions? Feedback? Yeah. So I'll, I'll just maybe review the crazy cycle for for those who haven't heard about it. What I call the crazy cycle is that we've had past results. So maybe we've tried sales, we've tried investments, we've tried um, business on our own, and we failed at it. Okay, so we've got this this past of failures or what we believe are just failures, even though you've probably learned from them. Okay, so you think about this in your past, you've got these failures and we bring them into the present. And we go, well, okay. it, it, I'm frustrated because when I try to sell, people hate me and I'm, I'm, I'm angry. So sales are bad and we, we've got all this emotional connection uh, with with emotions that are uncomfortable tied with sales or tied with business or tied with investing. And because we've got those, those um, emotional connections to those, we're motivated to not do it. We're motivated, again, and again, this is me too, okay? We're motivated to play games. We're motivated to do other things um, rather than focus on what, what will actually bring us some success. Sometimes we, we try to focus on what's going to be really quick success instead of building something uh, with a foundation. And what, what we need to do is change our actions, right? So everyone talks about the actions. And this is kind of the third part of the cycle. So we've got these past results. They influence how we think about things, how we, how we are emotionally connected to things. And then, and then those influence our, our actions. 
which gets us more of the same results. So I, I play games instead of things or watch TV or, or waste time or, or uh, procrastinate or whatever. And so we think, well, we've just got to change our habits and everyone talks about habits. And listen, I'm not saying anything bad about habits. Habits are good to change, okay? But habits, those actions are the symptom. They're not the cause. If you've got habits that you don't like in life, you've got to go back a little bit. You don't just change a habit. What you need to ask yourself is, what motivates me? What am I scared of? What am I terrified of? What am I frustrated with? What am I angry about? What brings me joy? What brings me excitement? As you start to ask those questions, we make decisions emotionally. If, if talk to any great salesperson and they'll say the decision-making process, the sales process is an emotional process, period. That's how people make decisions. We justify them logically, but we make decisions emotionally. So connect with your emotions. Go, okay, so I'm scared of sales. Why am I scared of sales? And all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a second. I, I, um, I, 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 there was the vacuum salesperson that came to my house when I was a little kid and him and my dad got into a fist fight or whatever it is, okay? Or I tried selling something one time and everyone rejected me and I felt like a failure and I've got these crazy emotions attached to it. Become aware of those. Learn from them, okay? Just admit them. Uh, and as soon as you understand, as soon as you become aware of those things, then you can ask yourself, well, what emotions need to be tied to this to motivate me in the right direction? Because if fear and anger are tied to something, frustration, shame, whatever it is, you will always back away from it. That's how we are built, okay? Our minds will always move back. We will, we will move away from things that scare us. Having said that, when we can start making a different emotional connection. So again, I'm talking about the root, not the, not the, um, the symptom, the root. So it's not about the action. We're going back to the emotional situation. If you can connect great emotions to an action, I'll give you an example. Um, maybe going out door knocking, go to, to like five Fizbos for sale by owners and knock on their doors. Maybe that terrifies you right now. Well, ask yourself what terrifies you about that. I wouldn't know what to say. Okay, well, practice practice something. Come up with a little script and practice it. Um, well, maybe they'll, they'll shut the door in my face. Well, yeah, they might. How does that hurt you? It doesn't feel good, but it doesn't physically hurt you in any way, and you can still do it again, right? Um, you can even knock on the same door after they've closed the door in your face, okay? And you're more likely to get in after that. Having said that, what you need to do is change that emotional connection. So what you need to do is, is go, what is my goal? Do I want to purchase a property? Yes. Well, do I want to purchase a property that's worth $300,000 and pay $300,000 in the open market, MLS? Or do I want to pay $250,000 for it and get a great deal? Well, I would prefer to prefer $250,000. What am I going to do to celebrate when I've purchased this property that cash flows from day one? Imagine how good that's going to feel. Imagine what you're going to do with your family. Go out to like, so I'm in Calgary and there's a great French restaurant called La Chemia and it's, it's, it's fantastic food. Like the CEOs of Calgary, I'll go to it. Okay. Um, it's not really well known, but it's, it's the best, in my opinion, the, the best place to eat in, in the city. They've got the biggest wine cellar in the entire city. So think, start picturing that and going like, when I get this deal done, I'm going to take my family there. And we're going to have a great meal. We're going to enjoy each other on, on the, the patio. Uh, maybe maybe wait for the summer to do it or the spring or sometimes sometime when it's warm. Do, do, whatever, do whatever you want with that. But as you build that picture in your mind, and then you connect the action with that picture. So now you go, when I knock on five doors, I'm bringing myself closer to being with my family and celebrating success.
as, as you make that connection in your mind, what you will start to do is go, oh, well, I'm excited. I'm actually excited about door knocking. It doesn't mean you're not scared anymore. You still might be scared as well. But when, when the fear is all there is, you're not gonna be doing, you're not gonna be taking action. When you bring up the excitement level, and the excitement is, is just as strong as the fear or stronger, now you're gonna start taking action, okay? So really what the crazy cycle is, is that people do the same thing over and over, and they try to change their habits, they try to change their actions, which you do need to change, that's, that's not wrong, you do need to change your habits, but that's a symptom. Stop taking Tylenol for your knee and start building the muscle in your knee so that your knee takes care of itself. You don't need the Tylenol anymore, okay? So work on the root cause rather than the symptom. Now that's basically what, what I say about the crazy cycle. Very good. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, some of the people here listening and future people listening, that it'll, it'll make sense to, uh, to you know, do more action to get out of this crazy cycle, you yeah. know, get over those fears. Um, all right, so, I mean, fear being one, you know, one definite, uh, you know, issue for people. What about, um, you know, is there, is there something that you can explain to us that would, you know, be maybe the best ways for people to um, reach, you know, their higher potential in life, you know, realize what their goals are and, and how to achieve them? Uh, yeah, so there are a few things that come to my mind right now. Maybe I'll start with decisions. Uh, so I mentioned this briefly before. A decision is a promise that you make to yourself that you keep. When, when somebody gets really good at making decisions, they will start taking action. Now, what I would do, and you, you, you'll hear me repeat myself in certain ways, and the reason I do that is intentionally, okay? Because it'll get into your head a little bit better. But what you need to do is start small. So start, practice your decision-making muscle. What you need to do is just make a decision on anything, anything. So I'm going to make a decision, something, something that, that you aren't going to do normally, okay? So for example, maybe, maybe for, um, Mike, you, you said you, you, you play video games. Well, what I would do is I would make a decision to take off video games from your, your phone, your iPad, your, your computer, whatever it is. Just delete them. Maybe it even costs you money to, to purchase them. Delete them. When you make, it, when you make a decision that, that is, is significant, this is what's going to happen to you. Now, this is the process for, for you as well as a lot of other people listening, okay? I'm not picking on you specifically. I'm talking to you because you, you brought it up. But... Um, and, and this I, I've done in the past where I'm like, I've just wasted hours uh, watching movies or, or doing whatever. And when I made the decision, I'm going to delete everything. I'm not going to, I'm not going to invest in these things that don't give me anything in return. They have terrible returns and I'm going to invest in something that does give me a return. So it's, it's probably a twofold decision. One is to delete everything and I'm going to use a half hour every day to work on my why, to work on my purpose, to to look at my goals. And then just like Jason said in front of him, maybe every morning, I'm just gonna write them out, the things that I wanna get done and why I wanna get them done, okay? Tie them back into your goals. Use, use a, a period of time, again, 25 minutes is a great period of time. It's an easy period of time for our minds to grasp and to stay focused. When, when you do that, when you make a decision, now again, a decision is not, I want to do this. A decision is not, this is my desire. If you say, this is what I want to do, I know that there's not gonna be any action. When you say, I need to do this, there's no other choice. That's when you start moving in the right direction, okay? Decision comes from Latin. It's two words in Latin, de and cadere. 
Okay, the, and these two are de means uh, from, and kader means cut. <laughs> so what, what the Latin word for decision means, you're going to cut everything off. So you only focus on one thing. And I'll tell you how this helped me. So I remember, uh, so I was working for Alberta Health Services. And I mean, a lot of people would consider that a good job. I don't consider it a good job, okay? Uh, a lot of people would consider it a good job. Uh, you've got some benefits and whatever else. Um, uh, there's the unions and other things going on there, okay? Uh, to me, that's like the devil. <laughs> but uh, what, what I did was I decided I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut myself off from any opportunity to work with Alberta Health Services in the future. I didn't, I didn't burn bridges. I didn't say I hate everyone here and throw spaghetti on my boss. But what I, what I did do is I said, listen, I'm quitting and I'm never coming back. Not because I don't love you guys, but because I'm going to do my own thing because I see freedom in that. So I never want you to offer me a job. If I do come back for a job, I want you to tell me, no, I'm not going to hire you. I basically told, told people, listen, that this is what I'm going to do. I quit my job before I had even started my, my coaching uh, business. Okay, so it wasn't even up and developed yet. I, I, I quit my job, firm date. I went to, to other people and I told them, I quit my job and I'm, I'm working full-time as a coach. And I had been doing coaching before, but I mean, full-time, I'm gonna be coaching. And this is, this, is, this is the reaction from people. I told my dad, and I'm, gonna, I'm not gonna pick on my dad here, but I, I told my dad and he said, hmm, <laughs> I quit my job and I'm getting into coaching for myself. And he went, hmm. What, what's your plan B? <laughs> that's, that's what he asked me, okay? That, that, that's what his reaction was. And this is what I answered. I said, Dad, there is no plan B. Now, I don't even know how to give the look that he gave me after that, okay? It was a look of confusion and probably just absolute confusion on his face, okay? Of like, there's no plan B? Well, shouldn't you always have a plan B and a plan C? Well, it's true in certain areas. So for a real estate investment property, you should have three or four exit strategies. So that no matter what happens in the market, you're ready for it, okay? But you should not have a plan B for investing in real estate or not investing in real estate. Go into it. Now, I'm not telling, I'm not telling everyone here to quit their jobs, okay? That's, that's extreme. And I did something that's extreme. But you know what? When you take extreme action, when you make an extreme decision, and I, I, I cut off everything else, and I told everyone else in my life, this is what's happening. I make it really public when I make a decision. Why? because then I've got people that ask me about it. I've got accountability in my life. And that means I'm gonna take more action on it. Do you know that there have been many studies on this? When you make a promise to somebody else or a statement to somebody else, you are far more um, likely to carry it out, to see it through, than if you make a promise to yourself. So I make my, I make my commitments really public. I deleted this game off my phone. I'm, I'm not gonna watch movies for a year. I'm not gonna eat sugar for a year. I, I make all these crazy statements, okay? And the reason I do them and tell everyone about them, especially my kids, I tell my kids something and they will keep me accountable, okay? Tell them I'm not eating sugar for a year. They're gonna be the first ones that tell me I'm doing it, okay? So when you make it public, you make a decision, you make it public, you cut yourself off from any possibility of going back, of backtracking. You know what happens now? You move forward with it and you're successful because you don't have any other choices. And when you, when you are stuck between, when, you, when your arm is stuck with a boulder and you have two options, I die or I cut off my arm. Now the decision becomes easier. I'm not saying it was easy for the guy, okay? And I'm not, I'm not willing to say it would be easy for me. But I promise you that the decision for him to cut off his arm was a lot easier than it is for me to cut, to cut off my arm right now, okay? There's no motivation I have to cut off my arm. When he was faced with death, there were no other options. He cut off his arm with a dull multi-tool. 
okay? Use the wrench more than the knife. It's a crazy story. I don't wanna get too graphic here. It's a crazy story, but make a decision. And as you make a decision, as you cut off everything else and you focus in on one thing, you are far more likely to, to follow through with it. I'll give you another example. Um, about two years ago, uh, we, I, I talked to my wife about this. I read somewhere that people take kind of like a sabbatical year off from work. I was reading about this architect and every, I think it was like every five or six years, he would, he would take a year off and just not work for that year. He would travel, he would get ideas. And he said, all of his best ideas came from that year where he wasn't working and his business always grew afterwards. And to me, that wasn't the biggest appeal to me. The biggest appeal to me was like, let's take a year off as a family. So I told my wife about this and said, let's, let's go to France for a year. And she was like, oh, but how is this going to work? And how is this going to work? And how is this? I said, listen, if we make a decision, it'll work. We'll make it happen. Let's just make a decision and go with it. And by this time, my wife knows that I'm absolutely uh, crazy. She calls me, she calls me grade A squirrel bait, nuts, right? And, and she, so she knows to just go with the flow and, and she trusts me with it because I've come through. So we made a decision to go to France for a year. The fall, the, the fall of a, a few years from now, we decided to go to France. Well, listen, that's a big thing. We're going to take a year off of school, a year off of work for me. Well, not a year off of school. We'll homeschool the kids, but we, 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 this is gonna. This is, a, this is a huge decision, right? It has huge developments and, and consequences. Well, you know what? What I did, the first thing I did was I started to tell everyone I knew. I told my friends, I told my colleagues, I told people when I spoke at events, I'm going to France for a year at this date and time. When I told everyone about that, guess what started to happen? It started to become firmer in me. And my, I started to automatically think, well, how will this work? And how can I do this? And I started to plan things. I started to make more money so I could, I could make sure it works really well. And I automatically started moving in that direction. If you learn to make decisions and you learn how to keep yourself accountable and you learn to take action on those decisions, you will succeed in those decisions. At first, my wife, when I heard her talk to people, she was like, yeah, we're thinking of maybe going to France for a year. Now I listen to her and she goes, oh yeah, we're going to France on this date and time for a year. There, there's, there, she's cut herself off from everything else now. And it's become because we, we've made a decision to do it. Here's a second thing um, that, that will help investors right now is develop a mindset that looks for solutions to problems. Get into my practice. This is a skill. It's the same with decisions. You need to develop skills in your life that are going to take you to a place that you want to be. Okay. Develop skills that successful people have. One is to make decisions. Here's another skill. Look for solutions rather than problems, okay? Right now, and I'll give you an example. Right now, mortgages are tougher to get than ever before. <laughs> People don't yep. listen to sales pitches for their money as much uh, or as well, right? So we think about all these problems and getting mortgages and, and trying to, to get people's money so, so we can invest their money for them. Listen. If, if mortgages have become more difficult, if sales uh, of people giving their money over to you has become more difficult, that's an advantage, not a disadvantage. And this is why it's an advantage. Because before, anyone could do it. Anyone could do it. Now, there are so few people that can do it. Everyone else is going to leave the industry. And there are going to be very few real estate investors who know how to ask for people's money, who know how to make it profitable people, who know how to give so much return that people are excited to give them their money, who, who know how to get mortgages done like nobody else. When you become that person, if you work towards it, you look to the solution rather than the problem. The problem is mortgages are tougher. The problem is people don't hand over their money as easy. That's good. 
You've just eliminated 90% of the field, 95% of the field. The solution is become better yourself because as you become better yourself, now you have no competition. The best news I can hear is the economy sucks. That's the best news I can hear. Not because I, people are suffering and that's a good thing. That's not, that's not what I'm excited about. What I'm excited about is we, we've just eliminated a bunch of the competition again. A bunch of investors have gone, gone out of business because they had no clue what they were doing and they weren't serious about it. So now I get to pick up their properties at a discount and make a lot of money. Where do people make their money? It's, it's in the economic downturns. What is it? Warren Buffett has a great quote. He says, I, I, when people, when people are, are confident, I become afraid. When people are afraid, I get greedy. Or maybe he says, when, when people get greedy, I become scared. When people become scared, I get greedy. Okay. Basically, when everyone else is saying this doesn't work, that's the exact time to do it because that's, this is your biggest advantage. And if you get into that mindset, and again, Kiyosaki's comments are, are perfect when he says, instead of saying, I can't say, how can I? That question is worth a few million dollars on its own. Okay. Get into the habit, get in, develop a skill in you that asks, how can I get something done? What's the solution to this? How is this negative thing? How are other people viewing this negative thing? And if I solve this thing, can, can you imagine if you are the person that goes around and says, banks are not giving mortgages, but I can get them. You want to know how? Now, how strong is your message? How strong is your message? If everyone, if everyone knows you can't get a mortgage, but you know how. Now you have something up on everyone else. Now, where is the money going to come pouring in? It's going to come pouring into you because you know how to get it done. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, that, that would Whoa. definitely uh, change the game for you for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You know why, Mark? That's why every time when I go for my, you know, escapes, I always carry my knife. <laughs> <laughs> and sharpen it. Make sure it's sharp. Get through that arm quickly. You don't want to take your time with it, right? <laughs> it's sharp. <laughs> okay. That's a, a side of our conversation, right? So I make sure there is a knife there. <laughs> when I go okay. back to camping. <laughs> yeah. So... Is there anything else you believe that you, you should uh, help real estate investors to in Canada right now? Yeah, so maybe the last thing I would say is learn, learn how to seriously think about how you invest in yourself. Okay? okay. Most people understand how if you invest in real estate, you can get a certain return on your investment, and that's a good thing. Most people understand the, the money concept, at least people who are getting into real estate. Um, the average person probably doesn't, but you guys that are listening to this do understand this. But what, what you need to do is start to understand you can invest time and you can invest energy and money in yourself. And when you start to understand how you can invest in yourself and that there's a return on that, all of a sudden everything changes. So something that I do so I, I told you the story. I spent that first $13,000 on me when I had no idea how it was going to work out. Well, it's worked out, okay? Uh, I've, done, I've done well since then. Every year, I have a commitment that I spend more money on myself, more time on myself, more energy on myself. This is why I do it. Well, two reasons. One, I've realized every time I spend an hour a day or, or energy or, or money on myself, and I'm not talking about like a bath. I'm not, like, bath can be a good thing too if you need a break. But um, I'm talking about like hiring mentors and coaches in my life. The more, the more I invest in myself, the higher the return that I get. 
So if I invest a little bit of time and energy and money in myself, I get a small return. But if I invest a ton, I get a, a huge return. And the second reason I do this is because I look at people who are successful. Okay, so I've talked about Bill Gates and Warren Buffett. They were asked, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? You know what they said? I would have a, uh, an ability to read faster. These are people who already have like 40, 50 billion dollars at their disposal. And what are they saying? They're saying, I need to learn more. I need to grow more. If those people understand the advantage of, of learning and investing in themselves, then I say, listen, all of us need to learn this. I was so scared. I used to not, if I used to go to a meeting, um, maybe a dinner, I would ask somebody out for dinner. I didn't have a lot of money. I would hope that they asked to pay for it. Really, at the beginning, I didn't understand this at all. And I thought, oh man, I don't have much money. And I always had this scarcity mindset, not an investment mindset. So what I would say is get away from cost. How much is the cost? And get into what is the investment? Now listen, as you understand that, you're gonna help other people understand it for you as well, okay? And so when other people ask, how much does this cost? You say, it doesn't cost anything, but there's an investment, okay? Because a cost is, is you lose something in it. An investment is it's all just gain. So get into the mindset where you go, the more I invest in myself, the quicker I reach my goals, the, the, the higher my goals are, and, and the, the, better, the better my life gets. When you make that connection, if you can make that connection, your life will completely change. Very good, very good. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd encourage people. You, you spent, what, 50 bucks coming to this, this event here, or, or maybe you're watching this later on. Listen, that's an investment in yourself. That's good. 50 bucks is good. Now double it for, for next month and then triple it the next month. You consistently spend more. When, when you take somebody out for lunch, invite people out for lunch and pay for their lunch because you know what? When you give, we were just talking before this call, Jason and I were talking about the, the Go-Giver, the book, and how, how it's had a major impact on our lives of understanding how when we give more, when we invest more in others, we get a better return. And we don't do it simply to get. We don't do it simply to get. But I think that it's important to all to have both sides of this. Don't only give without receiving anything because you'll dry out. You'll be, you'll be just a carcass, a mummy, an Egyptian <laughs> mummy, right? You'll just dry out. And don't receive with, without anything because you'll be just like this, this fat person that, that, that can't move out of your house, okay? If you just receive. You need to give and receive. And when you give and you receive, you end up in an extremely healthy place. We talk about balance. That's what's balance is. Think about what you're going to give and think about what you're going to receive. Both are beautiful. Give lots. Give far more than you receive and receive a lot as well. Have both and then you're going to be well off. Yeah. 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 You mentioned there, uh, you know, I had a coach or, you know, that I was listening to. I believe it was on an audio book actually where they were talking about, you know, when you go out for lunch, you know, never go out for lunch with friends and family. You know, if you don't have to, always take someone that's going to benefit your life. Yep. You know, in some way, and always pay that, for it. And oh, yeah, yeah, and always pay for it. You know, I mean, you know, because yeah, you're paying for that person's time. But I mean, if it's the you know the the little meal is the you know the offset of yep. them giving their time to you. Yep. So yeah, I mean, if you can, even if it's a client, you know, if you're in a sales position and you know the, it's lunchtime and the guy in the office next to you and says, hey, let's go for lunch, don't call up that other you know that guy you're trying to sell and call him and say, hey, you know, I had <laughs> had a guy cancel. Let's go for lunch. I'd like to take you out. Or to talk to the top salesperson in your office and say, can I take you out for lunch, right? Yeah, Just like, exactly. yeah, do, do something with people who are going to elevate you on some level. I've actually, for the last few weeks, I've been interviewing a bunch of really successful people in my area. Now, all Canadians and all really successful. So I'm talking like net worth of $600, 700000000 million, all 
All right. And when I talk to these people, I get so much benefit. I'm asking them questions and they're, they, they love sharing. Um, I'm, I'm helping them a little bit and they're helping me out a little bit and it, it makes a massive difference. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So Mark, we got a, you got Joanne here that has a question for you. Sure. Yeah, Derek, you want to, you want to ask that question? No, that's a, the remark, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. So she's got a comment there. Um, you know, that she has a CEO that uh, failure is not an option. That's the, the meant, you know, the mantra of the, uh, the CEO. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, I see that. And um, here's the thing. So I'm going to fill this out a little bit. I'm willing to bet a lot of money that the CEO doesn't mean failure on a day-to-day -day basis. What the CEO is talking about is, is the long-term picture that today I might fail today. Something might go wrong. That's okay. Yeah, I'm going to overcome it. And tomorrow something might go wrong. That's okay. There might be something that goes wrong in a week, two weeks, three months in a row, but I'm going to overcome it because the end game failure is not an option. That's what I bet he, he, he absolutely, or she absolutely means by that statement. Absolutely. No, that makes sense for sure. Yeah. Well, if we don't have any more questions, Mark, I think there we're going to be, uh, what's that? No, no, there is a question. My you... personal question, Mark. Ah, very good. Are you okay? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> my personal uh you know that i am very motivated guy and you know i've been learning by interacting with you on a regular basis and i'm very thankful for it right uh there is a question where there is quite a lot of people relying on my uh, in influence and support and providing them with the as much value as possible from my perspective yep. by uh, using accountability might make them you know understand the concepts etc we are talking about our street smart real estate investing right and what are you suggesting for people which are already having a mentors okay i see the value however they are becoming mentors by themselves also and uh, they have to provide as much value possible to the to the people being mentored influence them as much as possible and make them accountable for their action. Mm -hmm. my, my major concern is I can give as much as I can within my experience, knowledge, but I, is there a way that I will make sure that they will be also succeeding? Because there are different kinds of people. I do not know if they are as motivated as I am to help them, right? At the same time, uh, I'm afraid of them failing because that will be influencing also my uh, self-esteem and thinking that, you know, I made something wrong or what is the challenge here, right? Mm -hmm. So you understand, right? Quite a lot of people rely on my experience, my motivation, etc. and the suggestions, how to make them sure that they will be succeeding doesn't matter what. Yeah, so I, I, I would probably say two things. Um, the okay. first thing I would say is, and this is for a lot of people out there, be careful who you take on. And this is the same with a joint venture partner or anything, because every time you take on a joint venture money partner, you're taking on a kind of a coaching role where you're, you're teaching them about investing, oh, right? Yeah. Um, or, or whether you're, you're directly coaching somebody, be careful who you take on. Because if, if we take on people that we, we are sure are, are not in the right place yet, well, we're setting ourselves up for failure and we're setting them up for failure. That, that I believe firmly, okay? But secondly, I'm going to kind of go back to those, those three things that I talked about before. I, I talked about how um, you, you 
you need to look for three things in a person, right? And so on the other hand, you need to be these three things for somebody else if, if we're gonna really improve their situation in their life and make a big difference in their life. One is we need to know more than they do. So we always need to be growing. And, and Yark, I know this about you. you. You are passionate about growing and challenging yourself and, and learning more and growing. And th that's, that's one reason why you're a good coach. That's one reason why I'm part of this because I, I believe in what you're doing and I, and I see uh, you taking action in your own life. So yeah, don't go, to, you don't go to a doctor who took his medical or her medical training 50 years ago and hasn't learned anything since then. They're not gonna help you. Right. So in the, in the other way, become the person that is helping people right now. Um, that's number one. Number two, be safe enough for somebody. Be be um, be kind enough to somebody that they feel they feel safe sharing who they are with you. When somebody if I shame somebody every single time, think about this with kids. I, I mean, so I've got two young kids. All right. And I can tell you right away. Why, where, whether they're going to do work for me or not, whether they're going to do their morning chores. If they start off in the morning and I go, you're useless and you can't do anything and I, I start piling that on them, well, they just shut down, right? It's, okay. I, I shut down if somebody says that to me. So that's difficult to, to overcome. To, to encourage somebody and go, hey, listen, you're doing right. Listen, I, 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 believe, I believe I know your heart and I know you want to succeed. So let's work on this together. Then you build safety with people and then they, they want to connect with you more because they feel safe with you. And then the third thing is challenge people. So call people and Yark, I know that you don't have a problem with this, okay? And actually, I, I think that all three of these steps you, you are probably strong in. Um, but again, for everyone, be willing to challenge somebody. When, when we first challenge people, we think they're gonna react really strongly and, and hate us for it. Um, and, and it'll end up being really bad. Most of the time, almost every time when you challenge somebody, if they know you care about them, if they know you care about them, they'll take it better. So <laughs> if, if they have confidence in you and they know that you care about them, you can say a whole bunch of crazy things. So I'll give you a quick example. I was in China for a decade, okay? So this is a country that I was told when I went, I went the first year I was with an organization and this organization told me when you are talking to people, especially in a public place. So like um, in a classroom or in a, in an organization or a meeting, something like that. Don't talk about the communist government. Don't talk about anything that's controversial. Don't get into how maybe North America is doing something better than, than China or anything like that. Stay away from that stuff. And I, 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 I always break rules. So what I did, was if I had a group of students or a group of clients or a group of, of friends or colleagues, um, and they asked me a question of like, well, what do you think about um, Steven Spielberg not not supporting China in this way or, or not coming to the Olympics in 2008 for this or whatever? They, they would ask me controversial questions. I didn't ignore them. The reason I didn't ignore them was because they knew I cared about them. They knew that I that I was I was going to put every bit of my effort into helping them and do whatever I needed to do to help them. Once they believed that, I could say anything. Now, I was careful about how I said it, okay? But, but I would say, you know, this, this is my opinion. I think that China struggles with this and Canada struggles with this. We both have struggles. And so neither of us per is perfect. China's way bigger. It's got mo much more people, but we both have our own struggles. So let's figure this out together. How do we work together? And so I would say something that wasn't like politically correct. I would say something that I, that I believed. I'll give you an example. I would say, Socialism, communism, is a beautiful idea that doesn't work with people. Because people are selfish, <laughs> often, when they, when they don't have very much. 
Okay. I've been there, done that. <laughs> yeah, and yet, and and capitalism is a horrible idea that works really well with people. <laughs> so I said, listen, it's not about good or bad. It's not about how China's right or America's right or Canada's right or anything like that. It's it's. Listen, we we just need to communicate more about it and figure it out together. Got it. I appreciate. You know, like I'm very straightforward guy. You know, yeah. still it's European styles <laughs> saying how that is done, right? So. I'm just worried if that will my being so straight maybe of offending the people, right? So yeah, thank you very much for your feedback, right? So yeah, we will always offend somebody. We've all heard you. You can please some of the people some of the time. You can please everyone some of the time. You can't please everyone all the time, right? Yeah. And I'm not going to change who I am, right? In order to make somebody feel good, right? Yeah. Take it or leave it. <laughs> and again, here, if, if people spend a few minutes, just a few minutes getting to know you, they know that you care about them. They know that you want them to succeed. And as soon as somebody's willing to see that, they're going to be willing to take that from you, right? They're going to be willing to, to have the, uh, the, the challenges at different times. Thank you. Mm. Very good. Very good. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, I think that's all the questions that we have at this time. The only ones that are jumping into our minds. Um, I don't know if anybody else is, that's listening here has got any questions that we want to throw at Mark before we wrap this up. Um, if not, then yeah, definitely a pleasure dealing with you here, you know, Mark, listening to all this great information. Um, you know, the mind is a, is a powerful tool. Unfortunately, we don't use it very well. Yeah. <laughs> we, could, we could all use it better, every yeah. one of us. Absolutely. Mm. You know, so Mark's information is up here on the screen. Um, so if anybody's wanting to reach out to Mark and discuss with him about uh, problems you have, I'm sure he'll be able to help you. Um, if not, then, uh, you know, he'll direct you to, you know, a website where you can cry a little bit because there'll be some cat videos or something. <laughs> <laughs> I promise. I, I can't stand those things. I will never send anyone a cat video. <laughs> Really? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, maybe maybe he won't send you to cat videos, but uh, <laughs> other people could do that. If you need your cat video input, go to somebody else. It's okay. To get it from somebody else. <laughs> very good. Very good. Well, thank you very much, Mark. Uh, wonderful having you here. Um, absolutely great content. I'm definitely going to have to review and watch this one again because there's uh, some good nuggets in there. I'll have to uh, implement again into my life. Just I have trouble getting rid of this one game. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but very good. Thank you very much, everyone. Uh, great seeing all of you here. Thanks, Yarek. Thanks, Mark. Take care. We'll, we'll talk again. Take care. We'll see ya. Appreciate it a lot. Street Smart Real Estate Investing. Welcome to the new innovative concept of real estate investing. No more expensive courses. No more high-priced mentors taking your money and leaving you without ongoing support. Become a full-time seasoned real estate investor by participating with our already successful team members. Now is the time to stop talking about real estate investing and start doing. Take action. Just ask and we will help you. We promise one thing, no BS. For more info, www.streetsmartrei.com.